and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios, following last night's Suns win over the Brooklyn Nets. That let's be clear, got a little dicey there at the end, actually, for a game that the Suns were controlling the whole way. Let's ride! They got outscored by 15 in the fourth quarter, and suddenly there was actually a game. But it doesn't matter. Suns win the game. Uh, Cam Johnson comes back. I would say that is the biggest story out of all of it is that Cam Johnson came back. Even if they had lost, if Cam looked the way that he did, you'd be encouraged. All the Matt Ishbia stuff we were talking about last hour, you'd be encouraged. But how about the fact that Cam Johnson, who we're going to talk to later on in the show, the fact that his teammates looked a lot better too, Wolf? Totally responded to his return right there, I would imagine. Um, The Suns had 60% of their starters in, Ron Wolfley reporting. 60% 60% actually played. And it looked like it. They looked like the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, the finally. Guy, the guy that was the most energized to me was DeAndre Ayton. Well, it's funny you say that. I I, I thought it was Mikel, but I, I'm not going to. It was close either way. You know, Mikel, here's, I, I, just, I, expect, saying, I yeah. expect that from Mikel. Yeah, but he, didn't he just look a little bit different last I, night than he has? Or maybe to put more it another aggressive, way, maybe? To, to put it another way, maybe the last month he didn't look as much like Mikel. And last night it looked like he was Mikel again. I saw a stark difference in DeAndre Ayton. Now, I don't know why that is based on earnings. I'm not saying it's because of Cam Johnson in his return. I just know D.A., he was the most noticeable guy to me. Uh, he talked after the game, D.A. did, and he said it all came together for them. Because we play hard for each other, man. Um, those guys guys who are out there tonight, um, you know, we just left it all on the line. Um, you know, we, we, we feel that we're losing and stuff like that, but we trying every day. And going into the lab and coming back home and, you know, just shaking off that road trip off of us and learning from them, the losses we had on the road. Um, it, it all came together tonight, especially finishing off the game and having a little bit of poise in the end because I think we were sped up in that second half, especially the fourth, to where, you know, like, Hold on now. We've been here before. Let's, let's slow the ball down a little bit and, you know, coach the coaches and start just start doing, you know, the technical business where I was in there. But other than that, I let, I let it go. The technical business. Yeah. Here's the thing. We're going to talk about all these different impacts that that game potentially has last night, but let's just get the most basic one out of the way. They won a basketball game. Yes. They are technically still 11th in the Western Conference, but they are one game out of sixth. And sixth is the cutoff. Let's just be realistic with this going forward. Are you going to catch Denver? Are you going to catch Memphis in the regular season? I don't see how you can. There's not that many games left, but who does that really matter if you're one of the like you'd like to be one of the top two seeds the most important thing is that you are a top six seed and right now they're one game behind utah for the sixth seed now there's four teams in between them and one of them is golden state but just the simple fact they won a game you see how much that can swing things yeah Uh, once again i look i I don't mean to change this from the team to deandre ayton but for me right now i was mesmerized watching da especially in that first half i (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I honestly think it was his best game from a movement perspective, awareness perspective. 
being alert as to what was going on and moving and actually trying to to run to the rim when a shot went up, trying to get himself into position. He did it more in the first half, and there was production there in the first half. He did it better, I should say, in the first half than I think he did in the second. But overall, when I think of D.A. and the game that he played, man, he was moving. Now I realize Nick Claxton. I know that Claxton, the guy that fronted him up much of the time for the Brooklyn Oh, Mets, I don't care who he did it to. He's 6'11". the fact that he did it. In 215 pounds. Yeah, I get that. That's fine. I don't care. DA's 250 pounds, but man, he used that 250 pounds to play one of the better, better regular season games I've ever seen him play. Period. More from DA after the game talking about the offensive flow the Suns had. You know, my guys, especially McHale with nine assists, um, you know, just, you know, finding the mismatches and, you know, making sure guys aren't surrounding me or, you know, under the paint with me, so you know, just easy mismatch, high lows, actions, and stuff like that, and moving without the ball. Um, I think that was a good, uh, a good statement of just having point five action, just not holding the ball too long, and you know, making them guys play defense. And it was, it was, it was rhythm with that because you know, once I started getting comfortable down there, we started getting our looks at the three. D.A., I just want to go back to D.A., the fact that he was 17-9 in the first half. Basin earnings, that is, that's what he's capable of. This is who he's capable of being. 17-9 in the first half. But it's not about the numbers. It isn't. For me, what was more impressive, it was watching him. Just watching him on television move without the ball. He was active. He showed awareness and urgency. He worked for position. He moved his feet. He closed out better. I, I saw him follow his shot one time. It blew my mind. What Lee finds that? Aiden cutting in the lane. He's fouled and still makes the bucket off the window. Count that, baby. It's the deuce and the damage for D.A. <laughs> <laughs> we need a bloom clip after every win. Damage for D.A. He scored the ball. He anticipated. He played well. Man, I, I was so encouraged based on what I, I saw from D.A., but guess what? We've seen that before. No, that's that's the thing. It's it, Nobody doubts that D.A. can do it. It's can D.A. do it for a week in a row or stack two weeks it, in a row. brother. Stack it. But do in the moment, again. you got to love the way he played last night. He referenced Mikel Bridges right there. Here's how many other times Mikel Bridges has had nine assists in the game this year. Once, November 16th, in a win over Golden State. Mikel was Mikel was Mikel last night. It was what we were talking about yesterday. And we were talking about it, not predicting it would happen, but just sort of hoping when Cam Johnson comes back, all of a sudden, guys can go back to doing their job. Mikel Bridges doesn't have to be Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, he can just be Mikel. Now, he also scored a ton of points last night, too, so that ultimately ended up working out pretty well, but if if bringing Cam Johnson back is going to get more out of D.A., and like you said, we got to wait and see for more than just one game, if it's going to get Mikel back to being one of the premier players in this league at what he does, like, and he is consistent, then all of a sudden, you're unlocking a lot more of your potential, and you don't even have Booker or Chris Paul back yet. So I would say as... as First games back after two plus months go, that one was about as encouraging as it gets. Yeah. I wonder if there was any Matt Ishbia influence involved, that he was actually there in person at the arena. Look, everybody, it's a walk on player number 17 at Michigan State. Oh, and there's DA, the number one pick overall. 
DA cares about that. So I, I think he cares. I just don't think he knows how to do it. To walk on with $4 billion, we have to, well, hopefully more than $4 billion, we have to draw that distinction. (laughs) Uh, Pick your level of Metallica. Single-day tickets from Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale this Friday. That's like today at 10 on LiveNation.com. Two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. Night one is uh, Metallica with Pantera on September 1st. Night two is Metallica with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd at State Farm Stadium. When we come back, all right, we've got the names out there. Maybe another one emerges. But who do we ultimately think will get the Cardinals head coach? Coaching job. We'll tell you next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Souls. 51, 51, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's throw it back to uh, an update here on the Cardinals coaching search. Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update 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 supposedly interviewing Broncos DC Ajiro Evero today got to have the echo in there echo for effect, echo if you know what I mean yes obviously Evero 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 maybe that's how they decide they just go stand at the Grand Canyon and yell his name into it and how many echoes that's who they're going to echo echo make us the head coach echo. so we were going to do this segment and we are going to do it this way of of who you think will ultimately get the job Wolf, but I really, and you probably have never taken one of these quizzes. I bet Maloney has, though. Like, the, you, you know the quizzes on the phone where it's like, hey, what character from this TV show are you, I right? I have no idea what you're okay, talking well, about. I haven't even started yet. <laughs> okay, but you can, you, and they ask you like eight questions. I nuke stuff at a rate that is alarming, <laughs> I'm sure. Especially, especially when. <laughs> Somebody has taken one of these queen. quizzes, right? <laughs> right? I just start nuking stuff. I've got fat fingers, my friends. Okay, well, there's the question. It'll be like, what, I don't know, what entourage character are you? And it'll be like, okay, question one, what's your favorite color? Black, blue, red, and you'll answer it. And by the end, you'll answer the eight questions at the end. It'll be like, you're this guy. What Seinfeld, I'll put it in, in wolf terms. I was going what to Seinfeld say, character are you? Entourage. So then you'll answer the eight questions, and then at the end, it'll be like, you are Kramer. I'm, I'm nobody in Seinfeld. No, You haven't taken the quiz. Who are you? I haven't taken the quiz either. You should do this during the well, break. Come on. You, you know exactly where you're going with that. You should know who you are. I'm probably Seinfeld. Seinfeld in Seinfeld. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I'm not George and I'm not Kramer. But either way, that's how we need to put this on the website on ArizonaSports.com. Let me know how you would do it. Oh, that's so good. Just put it on the app and you sit there and you answer eight questions. Who's Which, ever going to say they're Kramer? Who's ever going to say they're That would be George? the highest honor to be Kramer oh, on that show. Goodness. Nobody's going to say they're George. Nobody's going to say they're Everybody knows a George, but nobody thinks they're George. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We need one of those. We need one of those quizzes where you can sit there and be like, "Okay, uh, answer eight questions," and it'll be like, "This is the Cardinals coach you want." Right? We just yes. there's just seven names okay. in there. Okay, what do you what do you how do you like to run your offense? How do you feel yeah. about physical football? And then yeah. you get through at the end and oh you're Brian Flores or whatever. Who do you think it's going to be? Oh, man, it was, who do I think it's going to be? I think, think it's, it's going to be? be a situation that comes down to Brian Flores or Vance Joseph. Okay. That's who I think it's going to be. I, based on earnings, I wanted Sean Payton, but the more information I get on Brian Flores, the more I like him. And the more I think about Kyler Murray, the more I like Vance Joseph, because I think he might have the best opportunity to actually reach Kyler Murray. That, see, that's what it comes back to for me always. 
Who has got the best opportunity to reach Kyler Murray, your franchise quarterback that you paid $230 million to? Listen, I, I don't think he's broken. I think what he needs to do is be lubed up, so to speak, to keep the metaphor rolling, if yeah. you know what I mean. You have like a car that still works, but it, it like stalled on the side of the road yes. or something. Yeah. Yes, I, I think Vance Joseph can reach him. But I could be wrong on that. In other words, somebody who knows Kyler Murray, does he have a better chance of reaching him than somebody who doesn't? What That, to me, is the question. It comes down to that. And that's what separates those two guys, because both are highly respected defensive minds in the league. Both have been head coaches in this league. Both have a clear understanding of what culture is all about. The difference is the relationship with Kyler. Well, I think the swing for the fence higher, if you're not going to go with Sean Payton, is Brian Flores. I tend to agree with what you just said. If, it, if it's one of the seven names on this list that we have, if it's, if it's the names that we've been given to work with so far, Vance Joseph and Frank Reich have already interviewed. Ajiro Evero is going to interview today. D'Amico Ryans is interviewing at some point this week. I don't, I mean, we're out of days this week, but whatever. Aaron Glenn's supposed to interview tomorrow. Brian Flores, to my knowledge, has not interviewed yet, and Sean Payton obviously hasn't either. Uh, if you're, if you're setting Sean Payton aside and you're saying it's one of those other six names, I think Brian Flores is the one with the most upside. Now, maybe there is another name that jumps into that mix over the weekend. But of those six, he's the one with the most upside because you don't know what he could get out of Kyler Murray. You don't know it for sure with Vance Joseph either. Right. Vance is the hardest one for me because I think that he deserves another shot at being a head coach. Yes. But if this offseason of change but, is just right. we brought in a new GM and we're sticking with this uh, another guy, like I, I'm not saying it's fair. And I do I like know. I would love it if, if hey, yes. Carolina just hired Vance Joseph as their head coach and the Cardinals took Brian Flores because he deserves that shot. He did a lot with this defense over the last couple of years. Oh, no, you're right. But I, I just if you're swinging for the fences and I almost feel like you have to, I think Flores of these six names is the one. Here, here's what I know of Vance Joseph right here. Uh, he knows Kyler Murray and how to coach him and get the best out of him. I think he's got the inside track on that. Uh, he made a defense that had few corners and few edge players, not the biggest liability on the team. <laughs> That yep. mattered to me. Um, he's old school and he knows how to actually reach new school players. But I I don't think he's going to be the guy, Basin Orleans, because he is tied to last season, to your point. And that is, is that fair that he's tied to last season? Not fair. And I wonder no? what happens to him if he isn't the guy. Anyone tied to last season is in trouble, including their color analyst, I might add. <laughs> Seriously. Wait, I know that guy. Just anybody. It's, that's the thing working against Vance Joseph at this point in time. Being serious about that. Is it fair? No. No, it's not. And, and that's the thing is, is if they name, let's say they name Brian Flores the head coach. Is Vance Joseph still around? Is he still the defensive coordinator? Is I mean, who I knows? It. Yeah, it does. It typically no. So then, where does he go? And, and, and look, it's not the Cardinals' job to be like we have to make sure you get taken care of. But to your point, the guy deserves 
really another shot at head coaching with what he's had to work with and what he's done. And, and also but factor in, in in Denver, he probably didn't get a fair shot in Denver either. They, they're so crazy there. They were like, well, he had two years and they weren't we didn't win the Super Bowl both years to year out. Um, but you're right. No, he's tied. And if you if you go into the draft and you're like, we made all these changes, well, what'd you change? Uh, we moved one of our coaches over to head coach and we brought in a GM. That's not going to feel like enough separation from last year. It just isn't. I, I do think that Michael Bidwell's inclination to promote from within favors Vance Joseph between these two, Brian Flores. If it's those ben, two. If yeah. it's those two right there. But as I say that out loud, Basinonians, he broke tradition on that and went outside the organization when he hired Monty Ossonfort. So does that make it more likely or less likely that he's going to hire outside the organization for his head coach now that he hired Monty Ossonfort from outside the organization? Does it make it more likely or less likely? I don't know what the answer is on that one. I truly don't. What do you think of Frank Reich? He's really the outlier here. He's the one offensive guy that they have interviewed or have an a, a interview scheduled with? Was that just uh, let's talk to Frank and, and yes. get some thoughts from him? Yeah, this was honestly, this was a great Paul Calvisi, of course. You know Paul, ladies and gentlemen, the sideline reporter, belt high perspective for the Arizona Cardinals. You know Paul, massive forehead. He does not put any of this on his does resume. not move, by the way. You know Paul, walking around down there, he had a great observation um, in, in regard to this. It was, hey, Frank, um, he, of course you're interviewing him, yeah. and you're interviewing him for the head coach. By the way, if you don't get the job as head coach, would you be interested coming here as an offensive coordinator? You know they had to ask that question. Absolutely. You know they had to. You and I have had the, the best-case scenario, again, setting Sean Payton aside, of Flores as the head coach. Frank Reich is your offensive coordinator. Okay. And I know, yes, sign me up. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's not like Frank Reich is, it's not like Denver's like, okay, Frank, if you don't get the job in Arizona, you're our head coach. You know what I mean? So he's probably going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. So that interview had maybe more purpose than just let's talk to Frank. Sounds like a TV show. I do believe Frank is 61, is he not? He's 61, I think. Don't hold me to that, but Frank, you're 61. <laughs> so he's one year older than How's you? How's that, that taste? You, that How's that taste, saying? Frank? Great. Well, now we're not getting him as our offensive coordinator <laughs> after that. <laughs> text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Steve, or actually Steve texted into the uh, FanDuel text line. He said, I want Sean Payton to be the Cardinals coach. My second choice would be a combo of Brian Flores as head coach and Frank Reich as OC. Nice. All right. Steve is in. Wolf, Steve Steve has uh, signed off on us. Uh, hey, when we come he back. 61. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear anything I just said? Which uh, did you just Google that? <laughs> wow! Look at this. Which okay. uh, which quarterbacks will be pivotal this weekend in the NFL playoffs? Fulcrum Football is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke, presented by Seventy Two Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. Uh, Fulcrum Football 
Division round edition. Eight teams left in the NFL. And we didn't want to just go crazy and just say you could take whoever's going to swing any of these games at any position from any team, Wolf, because there's still eight teams left. So we'll do that when we get back to, like, the Super Bowl or whatever. But how about for this week? Eight teams left. Drafting a quarterback is usually frowned upon in fulcrum football. <laughs> this week, you can only draft quarterbacks. Oh, I love that right there. Oh, there's the coin flip. I win. Oh, no. Okay. Shoot, I didn't think this through. All right. <laughs> well, okay, so if we can only go quarterbacks, it's 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 not who's the best quarterback. It's who's most likely to swing their game this weekend. Boy, I tell you, after what I watched last weekend, it's for better or for worse. I think I got to go Josh Allen. Good teams sometimes fight. You know, guys want, want it so bad. Guys are very competitive. Guys push each other, so... Maloney can have a quote for each player. Going, That's amazing. You're going with Josh Allen? I think, I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen. And and let me give you my reasons. Some of these other guys, okay? Patrick Mahomes, like, yeah, it's a good pick. But he, it, he, you expect him to do that. And he's playing Jacksonville. Joe Burrow would be another one. But Josh Allen, to me, he almost lost them that game last week. He turned the ball over three times and he fumbled two other times. But at the same time, it's Josh Allen. If they beat the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to be in here on Monday being like, yeah, Josh Allen took over, and now the Bills are back to being a Super Bowl favorite. Wow. Okay, so this is Fulcrum Football based on the the quarterback version, the quarterback edition of Fulcrum Football right now. Quarterback edition of teams that are left in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. of course. Okay, why just in well, case somebody... What just, why would they... This, why would this they is not... I don't want people... This is not like a quarterback ranking. I mean, we're not... Oh sorry, my goodness. Our first tier of quarterback. No, we're actually yes, taking teams the best. that are left yeah. in the play. Luke, no. of course. All right, I'm just putting um, it out there. Somebody had right. to pull over when I said that and be like, wait, did I have to rethink uh, I'm, everything? I'm going to do this. You're, you're, you're talking about who could be the tipping point the most? The biggest quarterback that could possibly be the you tipping disagree point? disagree with Josh Allen? Game? Yes, I do. There's no doubt about it. It's Brock uh, Purdy. With the 262nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Brock Purdy, a quarterback from Iowa State. Yeah! Not even Iowa State's quarterback, just a quarterback from Iowa State. This is absolutely huge, and everyone knows that I love Brock Purdy, and I'm a big Brock Purdy fan, as we all are here from the base, and of course, rooting for one of our own to go out and do well, especially knowing he was Mr. Irrelevant, quote-unquote, the last player drafted, and yet he's going out there. <laughs> he's got a possibility of winning a Super Bowl before he loses his first game. <laughs> Stupid. It's just stupid. I love that. Yes, this is the game. The divisional round right here. Brock Purdy played very well. This is this is it. Right now, against the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. Their vicious, brutal pass rush. This game is going to rest on the shoulders of a rookie. Brock Purdy. And how well he plays... Or doesn't play. Yeah. Brock Purdy's number one. My number one fulcrum football player. All right. Uh, my number two pick here. So I've got Josh Allen most likely to swing a game one way or the other. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between two of these guys. But you know what? You're going to see a theme in my picks, Wolf, like you always do when you would take 17 offensive linemen during the football season. I'm going to go with the other quarterback in that game, and I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Yes, I got my swagger back. Yes, I got my swagger back. 
<laughs> that should have been his draft profile. That's the music that should have played. Look, Josh Allen, I expect to swing that game. And then I expect Joe Burrow to swing it back. And then I expect Josh Allen to swing it back. I expect that game, and maybe this is unfair, but I think it's very realistic, to go back and forth in the fourth quarter and maybe even go into overtime with those two at the center of it. And it might, it honestly might come down to which one of them makes a mistake first. Okay, um, I'm not going to say you're foolish for that pick right there. Um, I have to go my second fulcrum football quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. What's my favorite Patrick Mahomes moment? Probably uh, when he comes in uh, in the huddle and he sounds like a frog. Zero right. Zero right. Uh, oh, that's good. Patrick Mahomes. Wait, wait who was that? Why didn't I know who that Tyreek was? Tyreek Hill. Okay. I didn't know Tyreek was such a thespian. I didn't I know had no idea oh. he was going to do that. Yeah. I thought he only talked about how great Tua was. And yeah, else. right. Patrick Mahomes, I think this is where the Jacksonville Jaguars, the slipper bursts, if you know what I mean. This is where Cinderella, cheers to these guys. I think this is where <laughs> Cinderella's story. I think this is where it ends. I think you need to watch Caddyshack. That's what I think. <laughs> At some point this weekend, you need to just watch Caddyshack. Because Pat Mahomes going to light it up, I believe. That's just a guess. It's not a prediction. Just a guess. But Patrick Mahomes is going to be my second Fulcrum football quarterback. All right, my third pick. Can't believe this guy's still out there. You know how I feel about Giants-Eagles. I absolutely think the Giants can win that game. And part of me even kind of thinks they're going to win that game. But the one guy that obviously stands in the way of that, if he is fully healthy and looking the way he did all season when he probably was going to win the MVP before he got hurt, it's got to be Jalen Hurts. Stepped up our sound effects for the playoffs here. Melon Camp. <laughs> Just knock it off. Cut your hair, dude. All right, it's your turn. Okay. We have like four seconds. Oh, four. Dak oh. Prescott. Wow. It's my team. It's my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Dak Prescott, because he is the one thing. If, in fact, Brock Purdy, oh, no, oh, no. It's the division wrong playoff game. And Brock Purdy kind of looks like it. And he's under the gun. Micah Parsons and that Dallas Cowboys pass rush getting to him. Dak Prescott could be, if he has a lights-out game, Dak Prescott could be the guy that changes that game. He's my number three Fulcrum football quarterback. I like how when we told you we had less time, you didn't say less, you just spoke faster. Yeah. (laughs) All right, final pick. Uh, There's two quarterbacks left. I tell you what, this guy has been a revelation this season. I will take Danny Dimes. It's a foot race. Can he go all the way? Daniel Jones to the 20, and he stumbles, and he falls down at the 10. <laughs> Why did I know that was going to be the oh, highlight for Dimes? Right there. Yeah, I'm going Danny Dimes. Look, if he has a monster game... Might be yeah. seeing Giants Niners in the you NFC know what, Championship. Honestly, right now, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to throw out Jalen Hurts right there. I already took him. You did yeah, take yes, him? I took oh, okay, yeah. Him before right, you took good. Dak. I, can I just say I'm not going to take anybody anymore? There's only well, one guy left. Well, you have to. There's I, one guy I'm, left. I'm, I'm right up to here I with quarterbacks feel right now. I bad for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I, the guy Trevor just, Lawrence just pick him. Me so, okay, Trevor Lawrence. Sunshine. Sunshine. 
Okay, that's why you wanted it. I get it. Yes, you were, yeah, you were manipulating. Okay. There's only one quarterback left. You had to take him. Yeah. Poor right. Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I know that. I love Trevor Lawrence. He showed me a lot. But still, all this quarterback love started to bother me. Well, it's over now. All right, that was Fulcrum Football, the uh, the divisional round edition. When we come back, we talk a little ASU hoops. They looked like they were in line to take over the Pac-12 last night, and then like the last three and a half minutes happened. So we're going to talk to the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, it feels great to just hear this music, Wolf, singing it driving home, even though I don't know the words, last night. As Beautiful. I drove past uh, Desert Financial Arena right after the Coyotes game, what was it? The 942 crew obviously named that way because they have 942 seats. They had 5,213 students, I believe, at the game last night. Our, our next guest would know, Tim Healy, the voice of the Sun Devils, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Tim, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? Great to be with you guys. Uh, what a distinct pleasure it is on a Friday to join Wolf and Luke. Wow. I am flattered. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my goodness. Um, has this season been a surprise to you, the way the Sun Devils are playing? It has, Wolf. It has been a surprise, a pleasant surprise and you know I've I've been thinking about it a little bit in recent days and if there's one emotion or feeling that I have had watching this team play through the first couple of months of this season I think the word that comes to mind is appreciation Mm -hmm. I am appreciating every every moment every good play every big win uh, that the Sun Devils have been able to uh, deliver for their fans this year because as you guys well know, it's been kind of a dry spell at Arizona State the last couple of years. You know, the the marquee sports, if you want to call them that. I mean, all sports and intercollegiate athletics are terrific and important. But uh, the sports that uh, get a lot of the media attention, football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, have all kind of struggled in the last few years. And I think ASU fans are, you know, dying to have a, a team that they can really rally around and relish in their great play. And uh, Bobby Hurley's crew has delivered that, I think, through the first uh, couple of months of the season. And even in defeat last night, I mean, that was a heck of a college basketball game. And it was a heck of an atmosphere in that arena. And I guess we have to change the name of the 942 crew to the 5213 crew. Uh, it was just stunning to see the way the students turned out last night. I actually heard that there were something like 7,000 uh, student tickets downloaded, and they couldn't get all the students in that wanted to come in and watch the game. Uh, But the atmosphere was phenomenal, and the game was great, too. If you pick up the paper this morning, of course, the with technology these days last night's game isn't in this morning's paper but if you were just to catch the score of the game didn't see it or watch it and saw 74-62 you'd say ho-hum another convincing UCLA victory for one of the top five teams in college basketball but if you watch the game you know that the game was a heck of a lot closer and more competitive than that final score would indicate ASU was up one with under uh, six minutes to go and uh, in a game that had, uh, you know, 
14 lead changes and eight ties. Yep. But uh, the Bruins just simply wore down the Sun Devils with their stellar defensive play. ASU had a tough time making shots down the stretch. And, uh, I mean, there's a reason why UCLA has won 14 in a row and they're, uh, you know, ranked fifth in the country. Uh, but it, it was a heck of a college basketball game. It was a great atmosphere and it was a fun evening to be a part of, even in defeat. Talking to Tim Healy, voice of the Sun Devils. Tim, uh, I hated the loss to U of A on New Year's Eve, but what I like about this team is they responded to that by beating Washington State and then Washington and then Oregon and then Oregon State. And so last night, it stings because it was a game that it looked like they were going to win for a while. But based on what you have seen from this team this year, do they seem like the sort of group that will take that and maybe learn from it and respond instead of letting it spiral for a while? I think so, and that's. Uh, I think that was Bobby's big message to the team after the game. You know, uh, don't you know? In the essence of the message, you know, don't let uh, UCLA beat you twice or beat you three times. You know, uh, uh, bounce back, and it's going to be a challenge because you know USC is really good. You know, they come here tomorrow night. Uh, they they were handled by Arizona last night uh, by fifteen. That kind of surprised me. I thought that would be a really close game, but uh, USC defends almost as well as UCLA does, and uh, they've got some five-star recruits on their team. I don't think they have quite the experience uh, that the Bruins do, but uh, they're going to be a tough opponent. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's certainly the message is to not let uh, one loss spiral into two or three. And, and you're right, Luke, I, I was impressed with how they bounced back from that Arizona defeat. And if you look back at that Arizona game, uh, think about it for a minute. That was the game where ASU was just horrific in three-point shooting. There were three of 27 from outside the arc in that game. If they had shot 33% from three-point range, which is not a great percentage, uh, meaning they would have been 9 of 27. They would have won the game by 9 points. Mm. They they had a lot of open looks. It wasn't like they were being guarded. They had open looks. They just could not hit. And that's been a periodic problem with this team is uh, spotty perimeter shooting. But uh, um, they bounced back from that loss, like you said, with the four straight wins, two of them on the road. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, bounce back tomorrow night. Again, it's going to be a challenge because USC is really good. And uh, talented and you know they've had you know Andy Enfield their coaches you know just done a great job uh, recruiting and uh, has gotten a lot of talent into uh, Galen Hall there and uh, they're 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 going to be a challenge tomorrow but it should be a, I would hope we could have a crowd nearly as large because I mean why wouldn't if you went to that game last night I know you had to be disappointed if you're a Sun Devil fan in the loss but you had to have been entertained by the atmosphere and by the quality of the competition on the floor and the way your team competed, why wouldn't you come back tomorrow night and watch uh, them play USC, a team just about as good? I hope we have another uh, raucous atmosphere in the building tomorrow night as well. Timmy, I know Bobby Hurley's to be an old-school, disciplined-type coach. Has he changed his coaching style at all? Has he developed as a coach? Well, you know, one thing I've noticed is that and I think it's indicative of, of the quality of kids he has and the culture that they've been able to manufacture on this team this year. But uh, it seems like he hasn't had to uh, really get into his players as much in practice. It seems like uh, 
rather than chewing them out. It seems like a lot of times after practice, uh, you get the sense that he's pleased with the effort he's gotten in that preceding hour and a half or two hours. And I really think there is a good culture on this team right now, Wolf. And it's really remarkable in a way when you think about the way college sports is nowadays with the transfer portal and NIL and all that stuff. Teams in all sports, it seems like, are having to reconstruct rosters year by year now. And uh, Arizona State, you know, dipped into the transfer portal and brought in four guys. And basically, Bobby had to, you know, uh, go to work and, you know, construct a brand new team this year. And yet, he's been able to develop a team that has really good chemistry. These guys really, you hear it said in sports a lot, but it, you, you travel with these guys like I do. You see it firsthand. They, they really genuinely like each other and enjoy hanging out with each other. And I think that shows on the court. And it's kind of an eye-opener when you realize, you know, they've had to bring in a whole bunch of new players this year. But think about it for a minute. Two of the guys he brought in, our brothers, Des and Devin Cambridge, who have some instant chemistry right there. And, and we've seen it on the court. Des Cambridge with his lob passes to brother Devin for high-flying slam dunks. I mean, the chemistry those two have is remarkable. And then one of the other transfers has been a guy who's really played well at center, Warren Washington. And he was a teammate of Des Cambridge at Nevada the last couple of years. So it's like he brought in four new players, the fourth being guard Frankie Collins from Michigan, but three of the four had some kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> already existing chemistry between them. And it just seems like it hasn't taken as long as you might think for these guys to uh, mesh on the floor. And, you know, they're very compatible. They like each other. Like Des was telling me the other day, the culture on this team right now is really, really good. And that's one of the reasons why, Luke, I think they can, you know, I think they can bounce back strong and did bounce back nicely after that loss to Arizona, which was their second consecutive loss. Remember, they got blown out at San Francisco in just one of those games uh, three days, four days before Christmas. So, uh, um, but I think the reason they bounced back was because they have this strong culture and chemistry uh, within the ranks of the team. Timmy, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We really do appreciate Appreciate it. Love to have you back if you're up for that, man. Okay? Anytime, Wolf. Good to talk to you and Luke, always. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate it, man. Tim Healy uh, calling in on the Arizona Sports Line right there. It was great on the call last night, uh, as always, in that environment because I was right there for the, the hockey game. I mean, it was just like that whole area was just buzzing before the game. And he's right. Look, you know, if you were there for that last night and you, you had fun, obviously the game didn't end the right way, but... Why not go see USC? This this ASU team does feel a little bit different than some of the other good teams they've had in the past in the sense that I'm hopeful at least that this doesn't now spiral because they lost one game. In the past, that has happened to them. Uh, all right, we come back. All of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Diner Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.